time for the Gore and More podcast. Gonna have a good time. Gonna have a good time. Yeah, we're gonna have a good time. We're going on now. A ball break, walking hand in hand in the moonlight. We'll be the sweets all day. I swear we'll never part. We're going on now. A ball break, running in the sand, feeling alright. Another teen movie or NCIS Los Angeles. If you're not a middle-aged 30-year-old woman, you probably don't know what that is. So Attaway. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna call this guy Triple A. Make things easier on myself. Triple A. Triple A. Well, and and I'm like, yeah, I can't. As Derek Jameson, also you might have seen him in Thor: The Dark World, Suicide Squad, or Game of Thrones. Paul Bronstein as Griggs, or as we know him as Jigsaw. Was that really Jigsaw? No, he was in Jigsaw. Yeah. Oh, he was in oh. Jigsaw. Tron Epson Syme as Edvard Volna. Wow, we really fucking Norwegian. Kim Bubbs as Juliet. <laughs> Jorgen Langhead as Lars. Jean Gunner Rose as Olive. Stig Henrik Hoff as Peter. Ooh. Uh, Christopher. Christopher Hydeviv from Game of Thrones and the Fate of the Furious as Jonas. Karsten Jornlin as Carl. Jonathan Lloyd Walker as Colin. Why did you make me pronounce those, you fucking assholes? <laughs> I, made, I, made sure put, I made sure to put everyone that was in this movie on that cast list just because of this. <laughs> Music by Mark Beltrami, who also ruined the Scream franchise. He did a good film, The Faculty, and A Quiet Place. Okay. I wouldn't say he... I didn't say... He didn't ruin Scream. That was all, you know... As Kevin, the whole, that film William sucks. Uh, two and three ain't bad. Scream yeah. sucks. I wouldn't say he ruined it. His music's pretty good. Uh, cinematography. Yeah, he just did the music. By Michael Abram Himwitz. Abramwitz. There we go. Abramwitz, Edited yeah. by Julian Clark, who also did District 9, Terminator, Dark Fate. Boy, those are some stinkers. Yeah. Peter Boyle's Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Distributed by Universal Pictures. Released October 14th of 2011. Runtime of 103 midgets. Budget $38 million, Gross $31.5 million. Mm, just missed it. That's a dive. Just missed. Actually, more than just missed it because you'd have to double it. So let's roll that yeah. beautiful bean footage. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm going to drink my crushed soda now. Ooh, I'm going to have something real quick here. Forty-eight hours. We found something. something quite remarkable. It's the medicated kind. He's high as fuck. There's a structure in Antarctica and a specimen. Really? Touching down. This is Kate Lloyd's Columbia Paleontology. After she dumped Scott Pilgrim, she decided. <laughs> she was a tease in that movie. We estimate this being here yeah, she for 100,000 years. I'm going to take a tissue sample. Do you really think that's a good idea? Yes, I do. You, my friends, will all be immortalized as the people who made this discovery. Shout out to Bobby for eating Nerds Rope really far away from the mic to save us all. <laughs> I can see him in the studio My lobby God. really like fucking swerving out of the way. But it seems everyone is fine. Either someone miraculously healed themselves. Someone is not Sarah says Crush is almost as good as an ice cold sweat. <laughs> what was it doing to him? It's imitating his cells. I think this thing copies its prey and then hides inside it. What are you saying? Not all of us are human. Could be any of us. Makes it out of here. Millions of people could die.
that was the trailer, guys. Yeah. Ooh, I real quick because, well, my ears just hear noises that now. I don't know about you, but in that trailer there, a little bit of that soundtrack sounded like Halloween 2. Yes, it was. What are you fucking cherry picking for mothers there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, 2011's The Thing. I like this film. I did, I did too. too. I did too. You know what? I didn't hate it, yeah. But you know what bothered me, though, when it came out? Like, even my hey, brother Bobby. was like, oh my God, they remade the thing. I'm like, no, this is what happened before. This is the prequel. This is the Norwegian camp. And nobody mm-hmm. understood that. And, and that really bothered the fucking hell out of me so mm-hmm. much. I think it's because they weren't expecting Americans to also be there, I guess. That would be my yeah, reasoning for it. Totally, yeah. I totally understand because when you see Carpenter's, it just says Norwegian. There's you don't know who's there. Right. No idea, obviously. But it's just like But still two thirds of the dudes are Norwegian. You know what I mean? Like so it's right. kind of like yeah. mm. but I want to go out on a limb and say I think part of the reason this failed is because people honestly thought and it kind of marketed was like it was a remake. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, nowhere in that trailer does it say it's a prequel. Nowhere does it say it's a prequel. Unless you really knew about the film itself, you're going to look and say, oh, this is a remake. I'm not going to go see that. Which, But then if, it, if everybody stays till those credits and understands, oh, my God. Oh, no. shit. Bro. Nah. That, so is, like, that is literally like you're almost waiting that whole movie just for that little tie-in. And then when you finally get it, it's just like, it feels so good, dude. The entire story of this fucking film is just set up, is just done, yeah. set up the next film. Exactly. Yeah. But and the well. fact that that music that was so iconic, Carpenter's pumps right into that scene. Yeah, dude. Like, hey, hang on, hang on a second, guys. I'm having a little bit of issues here. Let me uh, let me refresh real quick. All right. Hi. So uh, I don't know about you, gentlemen. This was actually my second time seeing it. I only watched it first when it or I only watched it once when it first came out. Didn't really like it. Kind of almost like the main uh, feeling like everybody else. But like I said, man, this time around, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah. This was a fun, this was a, you said this was like your, what your third viewing Bobby. This or was my, third or fourth? I, technically my, my fourth. Okay. I saw it three times before it, but I couldn't, I guess, appreciate it as much. And then I really sat down and watched. It. I said, okay, I appreciate this. You know, is it one of my like favorite films? No. Is it one that I appreciate where it was coming from and where it was going? Yeah, absolutely. Word. Anybody else? Chad, Chad, TJ, how many? Uh, what was was this your first? Or this was. Multiple? I'm gonna say this was. I'm gonna say this was like the third time I've seen it. Okay. I mean, I, I definitely saw it once before, and then I kind of saw half-assed again after that, and this is like the. the I guess pretty much the second time I definitely sat down and paid attention to it. All right. The second time was just like it was on and you were like, eh, you know, it's bad. Yeah, time. more or less. Fair enough. And I I liked it the first time. It's obviously not John Carpenter. It's not a mm. classic, but it definitely sets it up. And yeah, the CGI, it's not as bad as people want to make it out to be. No, it's really not. No. no. Like I said, as I said before, before we started this show, that – I didn't like it at first, but when I watched it, I'm like, okay, there really was no way for them to make it where someone's going to be walking like that. Right. Like you can't have somebody walking backward. Like, okay. Not, so I appreciate that. It wouldn't be, I mean, they could, but it wouldn't walk as fast. You know what I mean? Like, no. Or move like it want, they want it to, per se. I do, I do want to say I would like to see the version that they test, tested with the audiences that had the practical effects that had the original beginning, the original ending that was completely different. Really? Excuse me. Yes. That's not on any special edition DVD, is it? No, no. Uh, some of the footage is, but there is more that is not. Interesting. And it's it's in my notes as far as what was cut. And Ooh. there's also <laughs> like the British dude, why he slit his wrist and slit his throat. That's on there. Oh. I just figured he kind of pulled like a... Uh... Well, fucking diabetes was trying to do in the first one before he was turned. Yeah, that's pretty much what. And that's it, it is. That's actually one of the deleted scenes where it shows him offing himself because he was pretty much cornered by the thing. Gotcha. Uh, another, another one of the deleted scenes shows um, 
shows Lars, the one guy that couldn't speak English. Mm-hmm. Like it actually shows him like loading the grenades and everything onto the helicopter at the end because it doesn't really show it in this version. The same grenades that they use in the first one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, that was a, that oh, was a good way, setup for that. It's actually uh, the same footage. Got- it's the same footage yeah. that they show the dog underneath of them is actually the same is actually footage from the first movie so some yeah. of it is but some of it was reshot some of yeah it. any like the fucking helicopter is reshot yeah, that's, like, that's all right. it's like green screen and everything you see below is actually from the thing and then and, the helicopter. and I, I just want to i just want to give a shout out to joe gallo he's going to love this fact that this movie is the reason harbinger down was made yes but ah. no way and no way canonically connected no matter no, how many no, times you say no. it it does not. I don't happen. care what Lance Henriksen says. He's not the director or the writer. I've no, watched them. Um, They're not. They're fucking. No, not. The, reason, the reason it was made is because the guys that did the practical effects for this were so pissed that their effects were uh, digitally removed. They replaced it with right. CGI. But they made Harbinger down as a, uh, their, their response to it. Eh. Not, discrediting that, not discrediting that film. Uh, no. Hard nips. Hard nips all around for that film. Hard yeah, nips. absolutely. Uh, also, shout out to Joe Gallo, and I was—we were hoping it was this would actually uh, work, but I was talking to him because I wanted to watch it with him, and he didn't have it on, uh, or he didn't have Prime or whatever. But he was like, "Well, it is on X videos," and I was like, "Is it really?" So he did check the <laughs> link, and unfortunately, the link is officially down now. But it was at one point on X videos. <laughs> I was just like, "God damn it, dude! Only you would find it on a porn site." <sighs> Son of a bitch. So, are we going to, uh, we got some people to call by chance today? Yeah, we'll call the the doppelganger gangabang. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, we, we do have a plot run. We have a plot run down here, but do we really need a plot run? Now down get the movie? plot run down and then I'll call the fucking Australia guy. I think that pretty much answers the question. Bobby, read it off. Well, okay. uh, uh, by the way, guys, I just want to put out. TJ's uh, internet looks like it's crapping out again. No, I'm full green, baby. No, he's full green. I got, I'm good. Oh, here. now it is. It was down. It was down like all the way down to the orange. Oh shit! All right, we ready? May yeah, I read? Ready. Yeah. Antarctica, an extraordinary continent of awesome beauty. It is also the home of an isolated outpost where discovery, full of scientific possibility, becomes a mission of survival when an alien is unearthed by a crew of international scientists. The shape-shifting creature accidentally unleashed at this maroon colony has the ability to turn itself into a perfect replica of any living being. Almost perfect, technically. It can look just like you or me, but inside it remains inhuman. In the thriller The Thing, paranoia spreads like an epidemic among a group of researchers that are infected one by one by a mystery from another planet. How do I pronounce that, palette? Paleontologist. Paleontologist Kate Lloyd has traveled to the desolate region for the expedition of her lifetime, joining our Norwegian scientific team that has stumbled across an extraterrestrial ship buried in the ice. She discovers an organism that seems to have died in the crash eons ago, but it is about to wake up. When a simple experiment frees the alien from its frozen prison, Kate must join the cruise pilot, Carter, to keep it from killing them off one at a time. And in this vast, intense land, a parasite that can mimic anything it touches will pit human against human as it tries to survive and flourish. The thing serves as a prelude to John Carpenter's classic 1980, 1982 film of the same name. Uh, God, that was long. Can we <laughs> refer to Kate as Great Value Ripley from the rest of the episode, please? <clears throat> Sure. I don't know if I'd call her great value. Sam's Club. Isn't that the same? I think it's the so same. Higher. I think you could find great value in Sam's Club. I, yeah. I, I want to disagree because I think she's infinitely more bonable than... I uh, think if, you, if it was Sam's Club, it, wouldn't it be like oh. Melissa McCarthy? Because that's bulk items. Oh, but... Oh. Uh, oh, you went there. You know what? I'm going to have to agree with Chad. Uh, I think she's a lot hotter than Ripley, so... <laughs> But she definitely is a take charge woman, so certainly is. Yeah, but you know, it's like they they did all the things that like makes her Ripley, except you know the character part, right? Because like that is that's intentional, by the way. Is it? Yes. They didn't want to give you another like you know McGrady, McGrady. So 
<laughs> you mispronounced that name, you son of a bitch. Follow the Australian guys before I make any better fucking shitty jokes. Yeah. Do it. Would you God damn it? Well, you know, By the way, TJ has jokes written for the show. Yeah, jokes, huh? He has a joke writer. My doppelganger, kanga banger from down under, Brody Kane. What's up, brother? Not much, mother liquor. What is crackalacking? Not much. So, 2011's the thing. Not feelings on this film. Well, it isn't a bad film at all. And I think Chad's right. I think they marketed, marketed it extremely poorly in the fact that everyone come across as it is a remake. Now, I can watch this movie, no worries at all, but there's, for me, there's two things missing from it, and it really rubs me up the wrong way. Ooh. Well, I may have I may have gotten a bit carried away by saying that, but... <laughs> uh, <they're... laughs> to, to me, there's no build-up of tension. Okay. Um, like, for each monster... I don't know, like just the reveal of each monster. And I know the CGI isn't that bad, but I would would have still preferred the um, practical effects. But However, it's still a good watch and it definitely makes Carpenter's film a lot stronger in that retrospect. Now, I've got a, got a, got a quick question for all y'all. Um, I hear Universal and Blumhouse are developing a new version of the thing that will adapt from the long-lost original novel. I've chosen a director and writer and a lead actor just for the fun of it. And oh. I'm really keen to hear, and I'm really keen to hear your guys' thoughts on who you would choose. So I've chosen as my lead actor, Wyatt Russell, just a blonde version of Mac, which is Kurt's son, obviously, and direct – Director and writer would be Panos Kosmatos, director of Man. <laughs> okay. Just a weird out there, you know, body horror, full extreme practical effects. Yeah. I'm really I'm really keen to hear your guys throughout the show. Don't have to answer now. Okay. Just have a think. Just have a think, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll let you guys. I'll I'll give you my answer on the show, and the uh, rest <laughs> of the boys. Will you give this a score, man? What's the score on this? Two, two point nine. Two point nine out of five mm. from the doppelganger Kanga Banga from Victoria, Australia. Okay, buddy, thank you for calling in. Talk to you next no week. No worries. Thank you, boys. Bye bye. Catch. Later. I can tell you right now, I know exactly who uh, TJ is going to pick for the director. Yeah. Adam Marcus. Because of the body horror in Jason Goes to Hell. Scuba Steve might be a bust. Uh-oh. Fancy your shit. Damn. Oh, no, we don't have a squad. Oh, man. You got anybody else in the bag? Holy shit, Bobby. I never saw your phone case before. That's awesome. What about Joe? I just got it. Uh, Was it last week? My girlfriend ordered for me. Very nice, dude. Nice. John, Gallo's seen this, right? Oh, Gallo's definitely seen it, dude. He loves it. Here comes the Harbinger Down discussion. Podcast. Oh, I am. Oh my God! What a we're doing. <laughs> we're doing 2011's The Thing. Oh yeah, I like that movie. My CGI. Yeah, I think it... normal complaint. You want to elaborate on that? Excuse me. You want to elaborate more on your feelings for this film? You know, I really. Oh my God! I went to the uh, movie theater to see this back in the day. I was. I left the theater like. How do I feel right now? Because I'm like, I know that the uh, there was amazing special effects done. And I'm like, what did, what what do they do with ADI other than make that amazing Harbinger Down movie? Take that, Chad. Um, 
<laughs> and I was like, you know, the CGI was bad, yes, but I, I love watching them back to back as one massive movie. And then you throw the game to you if you have an extra eight hours of life. Uh huh. But the game's actually canon. What do you think canon, of though? it? What's the, canon? The game's actually canon, though. Well, for now. Yeah. Until something else fucks it up, Tad. Yeah. What? <laughs> I blame hey, Tad. Why not? I don't know what the fuck happened. Uh, I I liked I personally like the film. I think it's uh pretty decent for what it is. I, I mean, if you do not compare it to the first one, I think it stands alone, and I think it's a decent companion piece. Oh, definitely. But I still like watching it back to back because it's just yeah, they flow you know. really well into each other, kind of like oh, uh, Rogue yeah. One into a New Hope. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, what would you give yeah. it a, a score, brother? Uh, out of ten or five? Five. Five. Out of five, I give that shit a four point five because you know CGI. Hot take. Wow. Well, you know, it's just because I I'm, I I'm sucking for the thing. It's one of my favorites, and I just love. I've always wanted to see what happened at that camp, and they showed me. They just you know they ruined it. Okay. <laughs> we should have got Adam Arkins <laughs> team on it. There we go. Maybe maybe next time we get K and B. Oh yeah, yeah them. I forgot. I forgot yeah. it was them. There we go. Okay, man. Well, until next time. Talk to you later. You, Love Joe. you, bye. Love you, bye. Later. later, Joe. Later, Joe. Okay, Steve got his phone now, so we'll call him back. <laughs> God damn it, Steve. Fucking shit up. I'll be doing this when Chad's gone. TJ motherfucking Bowser. Come Steve! Hey. What up, fellas? Are you going to be available next week? Yes, of course. You want to fill in for Chad? Ooh. I will fill in for Chad. Okay, what's the, Chad, what's the what's the film next week? <laughs> Trick or treat. Trick or treats for next yes. week. Okay, so enough about trick or treat. More on this week. 2011's the thing. Thoughts and feeling. Uh, okay, so I, I I was one of those, you know, when when it first came out that was like, what what how are they remaking this? Mm-hmm. Didn't understand at first, you know, because they like like you guys said, they really didn't advertise that it wasn't a, that that it was a sequel. So I thought it was a remake. So watching, I was like, "What is this?" But as the years have gone by, I like it. It's a good, solid film. It's a great prequel. Um, I don't know that I'd give it a four point five, but it's a it's a good flick to you know watch back to back with the thing. Yes. So uh, you know, I, I I do enjoy it. I would give it maybe maybe a three and a half four okay so yeah yeah but it's a good movie you know for those of y'all that haven't watched it yet i suggest you watch it it's it's pretty good flick awesome so uh before we let you go you handsome son of a bitch do you want to update any of the listeners on your stuff so uh somewhat paranormal i have been doing a bunch of paranormal investigations myself i threw together a team we are called Dark Side Paranormal Society, and we've been going on tons of ghost hunts um, here locally in Texas. So I'm going to throw some of our stuff in there also because a lot of the stuff that I talk about or that I will be talking about are, you know, local legends and stuff um, here that are that are in Texas. And I did follow up because I, I'm going to talk about a lot of my own personal experiences in the show. So what I did for one of my investigations is I went to the place where everything started, the old department where I first started seeing stuff. And I did an investigation on the old apartment that I used to live at. I got some pretty cool footage from there. Um, did get some pretty cool EVPs. So all of that will be in the podcast. So if you guys like paranormal stuff, all things paranormal, this is going to be the podcast for you. Okay. Awesome. So, okay, Steve. Well, I guess we'll see you next week uh, for your guest spot, brother. Yes, sir. All right, fellas. Y'all keep killing it, man. See you later. Thank you. Later, Later, buddy. Okay, on with the show, you filthy scoundrels. What's up? Uh, Okay, guys. Oh, my So, shall we discuss this a little bit further? Because there's a couple points I forgot to make that I wanted to. Yeah, yeah, handsome uh, son of a bitch. Yeah. Uh, for one, uh, there's a couple things that bothered me that directly contradict the original movie. Uh, it seemed to me that the thing copies people way too fast. And uh, also, 
it's it very stupid. And it was stated in the original that it uh, rips through your clothes when it takes you over. Both of which were completely ignored in this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is true. That shit. It's also very stupid compared to the one that we see in uh, the the 80s. Well, that can be explained by this is its first encounter with humans. It doesn't know anything about us. It was still learning. Fair enough. And once it took over people, it kind of fig- it kind of learned how we react, how how we are, how we think, how we move, how we talk. And so then it learned from that and then applied it to, you know, the American base. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I like that. Dude. Yeah, and but, uh, Chad, I think we should take a peek. See what you got, boys. Yeah. All righty. When you guys are ready, I am ready. Hold on, cheeks apart, baby. Okay, Ooh. so uh, I put this for a little bit. A little goofy, actually. <laughs> so originally, a different beginning and ending to the movie had been partially filmed, which would shed more light on the thing's backstory. The prologue would have shown how the alien pilot purposely crashed the ship on Earth and then committed suicide. Later, an alien that was in the process of becoming a thing would exit the ship in order to kill itself by freezing. Uh, at the end, as Kate enters the ship, she finds the interior littered with dead aliens, either dismembered, burnt, or in a state of transformation. In the central area, she sees the last alien pilot hanging with its throat slit. According to the director, the implication was that the alien race piloting the ship was collecting other alien specimens. One such specimen was the Thing, which had broken out of its confinement pod, leading to a massacre among the aliens and other specimens, similar to what happened at the Norwegian base. Uh, the Sander thing, having taken the form of the pilot, suddenly attacks Kate, but she holds it back by threatening to use a grenade and blow them both up. Then Carter enters and uses the flamethrower on the pilot thing to fool Kate into believing that he's human. After early screenings, the studio didn't think the pilot thing was scary enough, and the climax was becoming too complicated, with Kate trying to stop the thing as well as discovering the thing's backstory at the same time. So the backstory was omitted. A new CGI Sanders thing was inserted at the last minute, and a Tetris-like animation was added to the scene where Kate enters. <laughs> where Kate enters the central area to hide a dead alien pilot. So basically, that whole big Tetris-y thing was put there just to hide a dead alien body. Hmm. Jesus. I'm not going to lie, though. I'm uh, f- interested to see what the aliens look like, like, you know, what they design them. Well, if you look at all those stuff like- footage, it's all there, and it's sexy, it's glorious, and some of the yeah. best stuff ever I've ever seen, and Tom Woodruff Jr. did an amazing job, and then the fucking producers had to ruin it all. God damn it! Yes. Also, we never went over our picks for actor and director and writer for a remake of The Thing. My choice... Oh, we still got to think about that. Oh, yeah. Mine would be Danny McBride, to play uh, McCready, and then my director <laughs> would have to be uh, whoever directed the Halloween re- 2018. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Ridley Scott. No. Really? No, no. That's a bold take. 80s Ridley Scott, maybe. Let's say no. 70s it has Ridley to be Scott. modern, and the and the movie's like fucking three hours long. <laughs> it's just gonna be. About, it's gonna be about androids. Even though it's called the thing. Okay, oh, by so the let's way, do I, a prequel I, I, to the prequel that's like a thousand years before it, and let's show how the thing was created. But, but let's not show it until the last twenty by minutes an of the movie. By an android, <laughs> by, an android. by humans. Yes. Filmmakers used Kurt Russell's height as an estimate as to how big the sets would have to be to faithfully recreate the Norwegian camp, as no blueprints existed for the John Carpenter movie. The producers convinced Universal to allow them to create a prequel to The Thing instead of a remake, as they felt Carpenter's film was already perfect, so making a remake would be like painting a mustache on the Mona Lisa. However, the prequel still has the title of the original film because they couldn't think of a subtitle that sounded good. You know, I was going to actually... I, fuck it. I was going to actually ask that for a big question, because it's like, why did this not have like a subtitle or a surtitle or whatever the fuck you want to call it? Like, why not just something? You know what I mean? Any, anything would have better than just the thing. Right, dude. Like, or just, yeah, anything. Like, the thing, like. Okay, so an enormous number of screenshots from the first movie were kept on set while filming at all times in order to ensure the Norwegian station would be rebuilt to the smallest details. See, that's the thing that so many people missed is how faithfully recreated that whole set is. Right, like, if especially if you watched the original. Even, even, even down to giving a reason as to why the fire axe was in the door oh right holy shit i didn't even think about that you didn't even notice that no i was just holy fuck dude you are totally yep (laughs) in order to not try to compete with kurt russell's portrayal of rj MacReady, the character of kate lloyd was designed to have traits in common with the character ellen ripley from the alien series what do you know 
The director had such a negative experience with the film due to constant studio interference that he claimed to have lost his passion for filmmaking and retired for nearly a decade. Although he's been working on films again in Norway, he's since vowed never to work with an American studio again. Holy shit. What does that tell you? Right? Fucking producers, dude. The scene where Sander and Finch recruit Kate to come to Antarctica is the only scene in this or John Carpenter's film that doesn't take place in Antarctica. Okay, Colin's death was originally shown as a deleted scene from the thing where he learns there is a thing in the room with him. In a grisly scene, he brings out a straight razor and slashes his wrist, then proceeds to sit in the radio chair and cut his throat. Another deleted scene shows Colin attempting to contact the American outpost from the 82 film and is met with no success. Hmm. That would have actually been That would have been interesting. I'm actually cut. Oh. I'm kind of glad that that was kept out because that would just be fan service to me. But it yeah. doesn't seem like it's really necessary. No, but I think it would have been interesting if he did make it through just to hear like a, a voice on the other end and then it comes in and and it goes away. I don't it just would have been interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. The creature effects were filmed primarily with cable-operated animatronic robots on the director's insistence. Sitson would approve the performances of the cast if they saw what they had to react to. CGI images were planned to be added as elements to the animatronics, such as tentacles, if it couldn't be done convincingly. However, after the initial test screenings, the studio ordered the replacement of most animatronic scenes by full CGI models. Creature effects supervisor Alec Gillis would later say that seeing the finished movie gave the special effect team postpartum depression. Although most of their designs had survived, their animatronics were so worked over they felt they could have just done those designs and stayed home. He directed the crowdfunded movie Harbinger Down with only practical effects in response to this. Which wasn't bad, but you know we've discussed that many times. (laughs) It is unknown if the form of the original thing is its true form or just one from another planet as it assimilated before arriving on Earth. It may also be a monstrous combination of traits from various extraterrestrial life forms the thing had sampled earlier, rather than imitating any single organism as a whole. The original thing may be the result of a partial assimilation of one of the UFO's crew prior to landing in Antarctica. That's what I would guess it is. Yeah, that 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 would seem probably the best. Like it's yeah, because it's just it's described in the book how it looks like, but we don't know for sure that that's its actual natural form. Which, by the way, I I have ordered a copy of Frozen Hell, the extended version oh, of nice. the story. Yeah, it, nice. it, it won't be here till like the end of the month though. That's, that's, that's awesome. Dude. The end of the month's coming yeah, soon. So once so once I read it, I'll give you guys my two cents on it. Absolutely, dude. Uh, the film was originally set for a release on April 15th, 2011. However, the studio demanded extensive reshoots, which included the new CGI effects, re-editing scenes for a possible PG-13 release, and the new climax and resolution. Uh, because of this, it was pushed back to October. So it got like a six-month delay. Jesus. Ouch. Uh, well, da, da, da. <laughs> the film was finished just two weeks before opening in theaters on October 14th. Mostly due to last-minute demands by the studio if the director's cut had already been finished. Of course. It's always fucking nip this and do this, blah, blah, blah. Nip and mm-hmm. tuck, make it look good. Yeah, yeah, that's really not that uncommon anymore. Like, they've done it even with the Star Wars movies. Oh, yeah, are you kidding me? Last-minute edits? Fuck it, dude. The original design for the alien pilot and the spaceship resembled the thing's original form as described in the story Who Goes There with three eyes and long spindly hair. Hmm. The centipede things bear a strong resemblance to the limb scuttlers from the 2000 video, 2002 video game. Yeah. I did catch that. Okay. Uh, At around one hour and 16 minutes, the red ax that Joel Edgerton's character uses and eventually sticks into the wall can be seen still stuck in the wall in the Americans visit to Norwegian camp in the original version. Dude, it just makes me want to go watch the original right now. After this, Of course, obviously the burnt thing with two heads. uh, That's the one that they found in the American camp. Yeah. The fate of Kate is that is like that of Childs and McRae, Mac Ready. Uh, mostly ambiguous. It's possible she survived with enough fuel in the snowcat to make it to the Soviet base where she would have been taken back to civilization. However, since Carter was the one who knew the location of the Soviet base, this seems unlikely. In addition, the film's writer revealed in an interview with Bloody Disgusting that in the script he wrote, Kate does not survive. I kind of took it as she doesn't anyways. Because nobody did from that camp, or else right. she doesn't know where the hell she really is. She's stuck out there, and she's going to run out of fuel. Re- eventually. Not only that, 
if she did survive, just saying in theory, that makes Carpenter's film pretty much irrelevant. Not exactly. Well, no, you could almost have another after the fact. She could, she could potentially, and this is just me, had enough fuel to make it to the American camp. But seeing as how I don't know the top speed of those things, but by the time she got there, it could have been after the events of the original movie, which Mm -hmm. would explain how McGrady survived and he was in the video game. Okay. So it seems to me they set up a potential possibility for a sequel just in case anybody wanted to go in and revisit it. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's a possibility. Yeah. It's it's a, it's a long shot, but it's a possibility. Right. I'd be down. Fuck it. <laughs> I like this. I enjoy this universe. It's fun. Okay, so get this. Uh, so about two minutes into the movie, the signal at the beginning of the movie when the Norwegians find the spaceship sounds like the SOS signal from Dan- from the Danny Boyle movie Sunshine from 2007 when the Icarus 2 crew sna- uh, snapped the signal from the Icarus 1. This is because both signals are based on actual sounds received from space, the origin of which are still unknown. Nice. Hmm. That's cool, little tidbit. And finally, on September 21st, 2011, Dark Horse Comics released a three-part digital-only prequel comic called The Thing, The Northman Nightmare, over a weekly basis. Uh, Taking place in Greenland, it follows a group of stranded Norsemen who must deal with the shape-shifting creature within a desolate village. The three-issue tale was written by Stephen Niles, who did uh, 30 Days of Night, Mm -hmm. drawn by Patrick Reynolds, and colored by Dave Stewart. Oh, that's awesome. Dude. Yeah, when did kinda, that come out again? It uh, came out uh, the month before the movie came out. So still 2011. Okay. Nice. I'm literally yeah. looking at pictures of the the pilot alien here, and it looks pretty fucking good looking. <laughs> Sweet. So is that it, my buddy? So there is pictures of it. Yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, but it's it doesn't have the hair like you described. But this is what they come up with. I'll send. I'll send it. Hold on. Yeah, I want to see that. I'll send it to the group chat right now. Right on, buddy. But yeah, that's all the behind the scenes stuff I got. That's all the good stuff. All right. There's other little bits and pieces. There's other stuff in here that just talks more about the deleted scenes, like I said, about the the British guy killing himself, things like that. But it's stuff that we already talked about. I just right. got pushed shoved in there twice, just a little bit more in detail. All righty. So, you guys ready for uh, some big questions, I guess? <laughs> oh, shit. That's pretty gnarly looking. I like that. Mm-hmm. That is looking, isn't it? So, I already kind of brought up the one about why this didn't have a surtitle or a subtitle, because obviously that would have helped differentiate. Ah, I can't even talk. It just helped us all know that it wasn't a remake, at least. Some continuation, whether prequel or sequel or all that good shit. So... I guess my first question is, how do you guys feel that, or how do you guys think that the three guys in the beginning got out of that situation when they were stuck in the ravine? I was wondering that too. Hmm. I mean, obviously they were there on the mission. So the title card saves them. <laughs> That's all it is, right? Saved by the title card. Change scene. Watch. I mean, I guess there's a couple different possibilities. Maybe they were gone long enough that somebody went out to look for them. Maybe somebody was already on their way out there too, or maybe they actually could radio back to the base. Because there was because there was a radio on board. Well, I was thinking worst case if they like repelled down. Because I mean, obviously, I mean, yeah, they were up there. But let's just say if they could repel down, maybe they found that cave entrance that they all went into to go check it out for the first time. Or maybe the rest of the group was there. Yeah, but they could they could already see the the ship. No, I know, but I'm saying like they would repel down to the ship and then. Oh, get, but, okay, I got I get you what you mean. Yeah, because they they went in that like weird sideway, you know, side yeah. entrance and said so. Like maybe that was the way they got out. I don't. I just it was interesting that they never even brought it up or anything like that. It was just like, all right, stuck in this crazy death trap of a ravine, and we're good. Oh, that's another thing that I forgot to mention is another one of the things that I didn't like was uh, in the original, it shows in the video footage they found at the Norwegian base, it shows them blowing up the spacecraft with thermite charges. Yeah, it does. And that that didn't happen. Nope. Hmm. Yeah, because it was exposed, right? Like it was out in the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn it. Could have been so much better. This movie fucking shit up. Okay, so... When they first were going out to search for the thing, when they first, at first, like, broke out of the ice, 
Mm-hmm. Did any of you guys know that they had weapons on them? No. No. I didn't either. Like, there was no mention of it. So I'm just thinking, I'm like, what the fuck are they doing, dude? Like, they're just going to go out with flashlights. And, like, what are they planning on doing? And that's obviously, you know, they had guns on them eventually, but there, it just didn't seem like there was any, like, forementioned that they were armed and ready to go for whatever reason. Yeah, no, there was nothing. Uh, and let's see. I think that's about it. Cause honestly, I mean, we all know this was a prequel, so that's mm-hmm. that would even be a stupid question to ask. So unless you guys got any big questions, I think that's about it. No, not really here. No, I don't have any questions. I watched so much behind so. the scenes shit already on this. Oh, dude, the pilot looks dope, by the way, Bobby. Right? Mm-hmm. It's wicked looking. All righty. So onward onward to these big ass questions over here yeah that brings us to douche of the movie guys oh bro oh that uh, Spencer yeah yeah Sander Sanders Sanders Sander. yeah do you think it's right we should be taking a sample yes I do what the fuck yeah that dude douche especially when he like brought around the hall and he's like yeah don't ever undermine me in front of those people ever again he's like you weren't paid to pay like, fuck you I'm gonna undermine you every time that's fucking Swedish. <laughs> right? Yeah. Really? You guys didn't? The, what? McCready kept calling him Swedish uh, in the original. Hey, Swedish. And they were like, Swedish. They're Norwegians. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. He, he played perfect douchebag. I mean, his buddy kind of was too, but obviously. No, he was, was the main douche motherfucker. Yeah. All righty. So that brings us to the questions. Yep, we're here. What what format did you watch it in and how was the quality? Prime, Amazon Prime. It was very good quality. Same. Amazon Prime 1080. I got the Blu-ray. It was pretty good. Oh, you have the Blu-ray? Nice. Yeah. I kind of wish I did actually now. Because I actually really <laughs> enjoy it. I might have to go find it and pick it up. Hulu? Hulu? Oh, you got the uh, the Cinemax subscription there? Yeah, that's a yeah, buddy. Ooh, fancy. That's right. Gotta get that Skinemax. You don't need that. <laughs> yeah, right. Nobody needs that. Uh favorite kill, gentlemen. Oh, oh, oh hold on. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I'm jumping. That isn't cranberry sauce, already. That is not cranberry sauce. <laughs> one of these days we'll have a proper soundboard and i don't have to use my phone for that but for now it works for now it works <laughs> so favorite kill gentlemen um hmm you know something the face uh more the one the one that we saw dead in the first one that i saw how it came to fruition i really liked that Oh, like how he just like fucking stuck himself on the side and just started like absorbing. He started morphing into. Yeah, it. that was pretty fucked up, dude. Honestly, <laughs> oh, that that one right there, getting digested by your face. Yeah. I gotta say, I gotta say, the first person that got attacked by the thing, just because you see it like pulling him into it and just fucking devouring him. That was pretty sweet, dude. Hmm. That. That was pretty good too. I don't know. That's a tough one. <laughs> I kind of honestly like. I don't know. If, I don't know if it would count as a. No. When the uh, when that girl turns, and then like the dude just like runs down the hall, and then and so obviously you know they got like just burn that whole fucking pile. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Like that was probably. I think that scene was actually probably the worst scene. Well, I don't know. Maybe the end boss was pretty. He was a little shiny too, but the original end boss was better from what they had planned. From what I heard, I love how you guys are calling it end boss like it's a fucking video game. It is a video game, dude. Tell me that's not a fucking end boss, dude. (laughs) This is Resident Evil, some track version of seven, dude. Like, yeah, that's (laughs) no man, it's full out. (sighs) TJ, what do you got, bud? For best kill, yes, I really like the uh. Like the helicopter sequence, I feel like that would be a lot cooler if they used the original uh, prosthetics they had for that thing. But like, oh, and I, really, I really like the two-headed like face merge thing. Yeah, it kind of just like melts his face in and just drags him off. 
Like I think that considers him like him dying right there, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, he's dead at that point. Yeah. Okay. Well, then that's my favorite kill. Nice. All right. So, gentlemen, that brings us to best scene. Yes. Uh, for me, I already know hands down. It's honestly, it's the uh, when they first pull out. Uh, when they the first guy dies, and then they're actually doing the autopsy. Like I like, I enjoy that whole scene. Yeah, they're actually going through and they see their buddy like getting absorbed and shit like that. It just kind of shows how much more like, uh, was it Spencer again or whatever? I can't fucking uh, Sanders. Sorry, but like how he just doesn't give a shit, dude. Like, granted, he's a scientist, obviously, but he literally doesn't give two flying fucks that that dude. They just watched that dude die like two seconds before. Yeah, yeah. you know some. I will actually agree with Johnny on that one because I always love those exposition scenes, especially with a movie like this, because there's so much you want to know, but they give you only just a, like a little bit. And you actually had some practical effects in that scene. Obviously, like when he opened it up there, the guy was more CGI and stuff, but yeah, you know, you had a little bit leading into it. This is, yeah. I don't know. I kind of thought it was done better in the original though. Oh, full out dude, because like, come on, you can go for Grimley. Oh yeah. Oh man. Hmm. Every time I can always think of the fucking the heart scene, dude, and it still gets me because of the timing. Like I'm yeah. always off on that shit. <laughs> heart, lungs, kidneys, liver. That's right. You know what I liked is uh she was essentially like almost McReady and Wilford Brimley in the same, but like they listened to Wilford Brimley where nobody listened to fucking her. This is yeah, this is true. Very- well, a bunch of Norwegians, yeah, they're not going to fucking listen to some American woman. Come on. You're right. Oh, here, side note, here's a quick question. What do you think that uh, the pilot meant when he was like, you don't want to stay with a bunch of Norwegians? <laughs> Bukaki. Oh. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. Norwegian Bukaki. <laughs> so it's like in a sauna. But... <laughs> With towels. All right. But then you got to run outside and do it really fast in the cold. <laughs> uh, oh, shit. I still got to think of best scene, huh? Yeah. Well, come, on, come on. Come on. I got to say where the girl turns into the thing, because if you look at the expression on her face, she honestly looked just as surprised as the rest of them. Huh. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Probably was. It's like she didn't know she was the thing. It hadn't fully completed its takeover of her. Yeah. Right. You could almost say that even for the dude on the ship because it kind of seemed like that until like the, his face like did that weird little split for a second. Yeah. yeah. Which can I say kudos to this movie because I I know Brody said he didn't think the tension was that good in this movie. I thought it was excellent, honestly. I thought they let it a lot of good, you know, a lot of good red herrings to where you didn't necessarily know who could have been the thing up until that. Yeah, but it it did seem kind of like they wanted to. Uh almost kind of recreate the suspense of the testing scene with the testing scene in this one. And it just didn't quite have the same effect. I agree. And I feel like the, and that's where in this testing scene, it kind of got more botched. And then it almost seemed like the movie, like kind of went on its own uh, feel for a little bit after that. Yeah. And I'm glad they didn't decide just arbitrarily. Hey, why don't we test each other's blood with uh, a flamethrower? That shit. I would have been like, Nope, I would have turned it off. Yeah. Yeah. That that. would have been the scene of like, okay, that's nope. Like, there was already a lot of shit that was copying or mimicking, but at the same time, it was like, all right, you know, I could take it. Like, it's not terrible. It's not that nose on the head, but, dude, if they did, if they did that, the legit flamethrower scene, fuck that. No. So, TJ, what would you say for scene, bud? That's hard. That's what she said. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> We're still 2008, dude. <laughs> <laughs> The 2000 and later, some bullshit. Oh, uh, <laughs> TJ is deep in thought in this one. He is. I don't know. Maybe third act. The whole third act. Yeah, I could agree with that. Okay. So are we going after? Uh, where are we going from? Is are we going after the test scene where like they uh, look for the molars? Probably. Yeah. Okay. Especially from the whole face melt on. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Oh, yeah. yeah. Once his arm breaks off, dude, that whole scene goes to shit real fast. Oh, how cool was that, too, by the way? Right? Carrying him. Dude, like, I'm sad to see him go, but. <laughs> so, 
Yeah. All righty. So did the opening scene hook you in? Yes. Yes, actually, very much. Yeah, they found the signal. They fell in the ravine. I was like, how are they going to get out of this ravine? We still don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I never will now. <sighs> I mean, they got out somehow, but... But they're all dead for not. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. TJ, she hook you in? Yay, nay? Yeah, yeah, I guess. I guess. He's like... Okay, well, he, did, he didn't turn the movie off, so obviously it right. did its job. <laughs> I mean, I had a nice uh, snowy cinematic opening. Yes, it did. Come on now. Shot. Yeah, but he's no Dean Cundy. No. Yeah, they're, they're, God, they're, no. They're, yeah. Speaking of Cundy, I was watching level. Back to the Future the other day. Nice. Mm -hmm. The original? Oh, of course, dude. Fantastic. And then my daughter didn't care about that one, so I put on number two, and she was like, what's this? I'm like, it's pretty much what we just watched. Again. <laughs> it's pretty much what we just watched, but in the future. But in the future. <laughs> She's like, when does this take place? I'm like, <laughs> five years ago. She's like, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, this was supposed to be 2015. She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, you know how it's 2020? She's like, yeah. I'm like, we were supposed to have flying five or uh, fucking flying cars five years ago. That shit was promised to us way long ago, and we never got it. <laughs> was promised we got, like, back we, in we got Facebook now. That's all we got. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> if we didn't have Facebook, we would have had flying cars by now. Yeah. Mm. And Jaws 34. And Jaws 34. <laughs> Shark still looks fake, though. <laughs> oh shit so best tits hottest or hottest girl best dick mary winstead is very beautiful mm -hmm. uh, that and... other girl was rather cute too though she was i'm gonna i'm gonna still have to go with her that's, that's a tough call eric olsen's pretty uh good looking in his older age so i'd go with him he's a cutie he is Card. So I guess he gets best dick. <laughs> yeah. Was Maybe. he? Uh... Wait, Eric Olson was he? Or... He was uh, the bully there, right? <laughs> what the fuck is this? Yo, I was mad about my joke. joke. Which joke? my Hennessy joke. Uh -huh. Oh well, whatever. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, onward. <laughs> Uh, let's see. So, yeah, I'm gonna have to go with your guys' call there. On uh, what was it, Eric? Eric Olson? No. Yeah. So, what do we got? The score set the mood. Yeah. The score was really good for this movie. I really enjoyed it, actually. I like I like the fact that at the very beginning it used a little bit of the original theme, and then at the end it used it again. Yeah. It yeah. Yeah, it was it was good. I would, yeah. Hands uh two thumbs up on that one. So let's see. I don't think we could do we have anything for the next one? I don't I think, think so. I guess I guess you know, doing all this kind of crazy shit. I think that the, would the, uh, the the Swedish folk song that they sang. Right. As as an Irishman who does uh, like to enjoy himself, I feel See, like I can like fit right into that. With, uh, <laughs> you know, if this was the first one we did, it would be you know superstition, Stevie Wonder. Like, oh yeah, dude. You know, oh. you know I, every time I hear that song, I think of the thing. By the way, I know I, that's exactly. I'm like, I think of the thing, and I'm like, that's the first time I heard that song was the thing. Yeah, and I remember looking it up afterwards, and I'm just like jamming out. I'm like, "Yo, this is the shit." Bobby, Bobby's roller skating around with those big headphones on, like that you the movie. <laughs> I can see it, dude. Short shorts. Like, oh shit! I, that's that's another thing that pissed me off about this movie was the headphones she was wearing in the beginning were not 1982 headphones. No, they were. Those were very modern. <laughs> my my headphones that like, I have for Bluetooth could fit more for 1982 just repaint them. yeah her, the headphones for 1982 were nothing but they were like these bright orange like styrofoam foam things and then there'd be like a big piece of metal going across this yeah, way that's exactly what they would be <laughs> that's exactly what they look like but, yeah that song from the original and all the metal i listened to it's like meh, meh, meh. superstition by stevie wonder it's like Oh, that's that's like in my iPod. You'll hear some weird ass freaking like I've got like the um 
Mongolian freaking death metal, the who, and then there'll be Metallica and Megadeth. And then there's like long tall Sally. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Continuing on. All right. Uh, So favorite character. Oh, okay. Lars. (laughs) I was going to say Lars. I like Lars because he just, he, I just like him. Like he's. I liked him because he didn't really understand English. But after the whole the testing scene, when she knew that he was human, he just kind of pulled her aside. And he's like, "Hey, look at these." And there's Norwegian, and he's showing her like the grenades and shit. Yeah. Well, like, but he understood the situation, like, and he understood the severity of it. Yeah. So okay, all right. So I'll put him as one of my favorites. My the other one, um, I guess. Um, the girl yeah absolutely now i can't remember her fucking name who was that buddy the main mary love the winstead yeah that's uh, it. whatever uh kate kate her name was so, so, so her yes. so her and um lars uh yeah i'm gonna have to say lars for my favorite dude just because yeah i'm going with lars just lars and uh, the helicopter pilot dude for favorite the character. One there? yeah yeah TG, what's yours? Adam. Oh, okay. That was the buddy there? Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. By the way, I tried writing down every kill on here, and I didn't even know their goddamn names. (laughs) Right? Just like Norwegian guy number one. (laughs) Yeah, that's... Like, I had a couple of them, like, I don't even know their names. Fuck it, I quit. Right, like, I remember... I remember Peter, or Peter, whatever... Just because he had the flamethrower the most, but although he died in a kind of a shitty way, though, with that yeah, he did. He really did die of a very shitty death. Everybody get the uh, character. Yes. Yeah. So. Was it scary? Oh, I bet you in 2011 it was. Okay, I'm gonna tell you why I will say yes. It's a little bit scary. Uh, the scene where he's go right before the thing breaks out of the ice. And the guy and the guy yelled boo. That actually made me jump. And then when the thing broke out of the ice seconds later, that made my dog jump. Yeah. (laughs) The thing thing breaks out of the ice, my dog jumps and turns around and just gives me this nasty ass look, blaming me for it. I I mean, obviously being a very desensitized person, but I will say yes, it was because I mean even if you saw the 1982 version, which is, you know, the granddaddy, this movie still had a lot to prove for this alien. And it, and it really put it at a fast pace. So you really still had no idea what to expect. Like you just said, when the alien fucking flew out of its own ice cave, like I didn't know it could move that fast. Like nobody, cause you'll never see it. So I would still say, yeah, it definitely was pretty scary. Not for me, but for someone else who's going to go in there not knowing, I would say yes. All right. Does it hold up today? I would say so. Yeah, I, I don't think, think the CGI holds up, but I think the film itself does. Yeah, I will agree with that. Well, people didn't think the CGI for 2011 was even very good. So yeah. So yeah. So, but the movie itself, yes, it, I would definitely say it holds up for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's not the best, but it's also not the worst. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the way you got to look at it. So acting, good or bad? The acting was pretty good. I think it was on par, and like they did their job. Yeah, it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to judge the Norwegian actors or whatever they, for the most part, were because yeah, I guess yeah. they were all right, but it's kind of hard to judge because I've never had much experience. I see Norwegian actors, so right. Yeah. I, say, I know we saw that one guy go to uh, Game of Thrones. Not that I really watched that. Tell me what. I don't know. I thought they were. I thought it was good all around. Nobody seemed corny. Nobody seemed like they were hammering it. And it wasn't too over the top. You know, no. they kept them pretty neutral, but they also made them pretty hectic when the time was right. So yeah. Okay. Tim Tim Maddox is asking in the chat if uh, what we thought about the thing. Do we think the animatronics and puppets are still great? Is he talking about the original or the 2011 version? Because the original is amazing. Tim, if you're talking oh, about the original, it's a perfect five movie for us. Yes. yes. It's a five yeah. out of five. So 
I would say because those effects, even when you go back and like try to dissect them, there wasn't too much of a oh you see it there, oh you see it. no, they really lit that so well that movie. Oh, it was brilliantly done. So the original, yeah, of course it still holds up. Could there be certain updates in little spots? Yes, but other than that, just leave it alone. I say updates in little spots like tangent. When that little head thing is on the ground and it goes away, I would say, because you could see the track underneath, take a hint of CGI yeah. and just get rid of that track. Yeah, okay. just, just just clean that up a little bit. And make like yeah, clean up like the movements of certain legs and certain other things. Just clean it up a little bit. That's it. it just a clean up and that's it. So let's see. So I mean I like the panning shots of over the things for the cinematography. I will say that cinematography was decent for what it was. I mean, it's a I mean, monster. It anything, yeah, it wasn't anything like phenomenal. Nothing too elaborate, but in the whole- yeah, and, and Kundi is an impossible act to follow. So you can't top his work, no matter how hard you try. Well, especially when a lot of it's green scheme towards the end. <laughs> so unfortunately, yeah. But you know, there's it still wasn't bad for what it was. No, it's nice. It doesn't look like it's shit. It doesn't look like it's done cheaply or anything like that. So it's just unfortunate that a lot of like the uh, the CGI just kind of distracts you from the amazing sets that they actually did build, like the alien spacecraft. I agree. Yeah, it's it's just because it's you got it. It's that early two thousand. Well, first decade of two thousand CGI. You know what I mean? It just there's still just a weird glossiness to it that just. Yeah, but funny. Hey, keep keep in mind though they they only had a few short months to work on it too. Like if you were to give them a year to do post production on the effects, right. we probably would have had a much better looking movie. Yeah, possible. Listen, man, I'm still not going to complain either way. I still like you know, still enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, this is true. This is true. Yeah. Onward. All righty. So premise. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Love I think we could agree it's a prequel a prequel to our favorite a prequel to my favorite horror movie yeah who can complain about that yeah right you really can't <laughs> gave you some uh gave you some unanswered or answered some questions hopefully and uh maybe gave you some more <laughs> yeah it didn't give away too much correct and it didn't ruin it like completely it wasn't a complete rip off of it or anything no, like that it wasn't it was its own beast that did well in telling the story of of, of a prequel just it you just know. didn't do well in the box office no <laughs> so that leads gentlemen to our triple r's recycle rewind or remake rewind rewind i would have to agree unless they could retouch it Maybe redo the CGI I was. I, I want to see. Yeah, I want to say remake just because not a true remake. I want to see the original puppetry. Ooh, yes. I want to see the deleted scenes put back in. That's what I want to see. I want to see the original ending. Get like a director's take then. So, so for yeah, the, for this movie, rewind, but retouch. Yes. All right. And that leads us to our rating, gentlemen. Hmm. Now, what did we say? Brody was, what, 2.8, and Gala was at, like, 4.5? Yeah. yeah. Joe was way too generous. I, yeah, I will. I'm going to give this a 2.5. Okay. Uh, you know something? Give me a 2.8 for this. I, I'll give it almost a 3. John? Uh, I'm going to go with a 3.3. And Chad? I'm going to give it a solid 3. Gormore score of 2.9. I would... Yeah. It's not horrible. It's it's That's it's well deserved. Road. I mean, if you figured half is two and a half, it's still above half. So yeah. yeah. So yeah, you're doing good. <laughs> Much agreed. All righty. So, gentlemen, we got anything to discuss? I mean, we could talk about. We already kind of mentioned what we're going to be doing next week. Yeah. And yes, that'll be. Uh, what is that? 2009? No, I'm I'm off on the date. No. No, it was earlier. Uh, I want to say 2006. Yeah. I think it was like 2006, then I got released a year or two after. Okay, you might be correct on that. But yes, we'll be doing Trick or Treat. Awesome. And, uh, we will be missing our lovely Dark Lord, but hopefully we'll get his take. Oh, sh- shit. I just realized that's my sister's birthday, too. Oh, shit. Well, happy birthday to Chad's happy sister. Early yes. birthday. Happy early birthday. Sweet. October 12th, your sister's birthday, huh? 
Mm-hmm. No, September 28th. Oh. Okay. Well, oh. I think that's all for this episode, guys. I would Already. say, yeah. Actually, yes. Okay. Well, thank you guys for joining us on another episode of <laughs> and More Podcast. This is your host with the motherfucking most, TJ Bowser, reminding you to go head on over to projectlouder.net, your home for all things pop culture and so much more. And we got tons of other podcasts on there. So go over and check those out. So until next week, see you later, guys. This is your dark load of knowledge saying, uh, <laughs> thanks guys. Uh, I'm saying I'll see you fuckers. In a- Ooh, this is big Johnny D saying, see you later. <laughs> this is your killing machine. Bobby Moan saying, I'll see you fucks next week. <laughs> he got it. <laughs>